Hello and welcome back to the Conversation Hat Podcast, a show for geeks, artists and terrible people. In this episode we talk about our favourite obscure movies and we answer the question, who taught the first teachers? Hmm. And then I go on a bit of a tirade about the concept of education. It's good, I, I make it funny, don't worry. If you've been enjoying the show, we would like to encourage you to leave a review on podchaser.com. You can say anything you want about the show. Ideally, you'd be honest. And if you happen to leave us a five-star review, we'll read it out on the show. How's that for a deal? You can say anything you want, and I'm pretty much uh, legally obliged at this point to read it out loud. So, uh, yeah, go do that. Podchaser.com and then search for Conversation Hat. We'll be there. You'll know it's us because it'll have our logo. If you happen to be going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year and you're looking for some kind of family-friendly show, maybe you're going with kids, maybe you're performing but you have to take the whole family, or maybe you're just looking for something that isn't incredibly rude and dirty, you can go and see Magic Roman's Summer Holiday at the Dram, Gilded Balloon, Patahoose. Between the 3rd and 28th of August, the show is at 11.40am. If you go to Instagram and find magic.roman, you can get... Uh, a bit more information there. It's a really good show. I should know because I've done the original score for this show and I also do a little bit of voiceover. So it's kind of like I'm going to Edinburgh without having to do any of the actual going to Edinburgh. There you go. Magic Romans, Summer Holiday, The Dram, Gilded Balloon, Patahoose, all throughout the uh, Fringe Festival. Lovely family-friendly show. That's enough out of me. Let's get on with the show. Conversation Hat Podcast. Ilse Habler, dos Portuguese, por favor. And speaking of mumbled garbage, I saw the Minions movie last night. It's quite good. Is it? Yeah. Minions 2. Redemption Highway. I thought it was like Minions 5. No, it's Minions 2, The Rise of Gru. And it does rhyme. I thought you went to the cinema. Yeah. This is a new movie that is out now. Oh, it's Minions 2, so it's not Despicable it's Me. It's not Despicable Me. It would be Despicable Minions. Me 5, basically. I think it would be Despicable Me 3. No, there's already been Despicable Me 3. Is there? Yeah. Oh. Are you sure that wasn't Minions 1? No, because that ah. was Minions. Yes, that's true. Minions 2 is uh, its alright. It's better than Minions 1, because there's actually a plot. Uh, Minions, the original Minions... I mean, there is kind of a story in there, but not a lot happens. It's mainly the little yellow fella saying banana and speaking not French. I mean, I I completely understand why people don't like Minions. It's the same reason people don't like the cute robots in Star Wars. But I don't think there's... Like, come on, we're living in late capitalism. It's all right to make a movie made up of entirely things that you're going to market. Yeah. Because that's kind of what Hollywood is anyway. So, like... I thought that I quite enjoyed the Despicable Me's and yeah. Minions. Yeah. Same as these. Um... And this one, this one is more of like a... The Minions really are a delivery method for stories about Gru. And, yeah. And the despicable family, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think it's fine. They could they could have called it a... Um, I suppose they're just using the, the Minions to be like a, a prequel sort of franchise, a prequel of the franchise. Um, yeah, I quite liked it. But then I'm I'm not one of these people that hates fun, so like, what do I know? Uh, ben, how are you? I hate fun. Oh, that's why we work together so well as a duo. Because we despise each other. No, I quite like us. I wish you were dead. 
<laughs> I wish there was a way to live. Just that's to live. The, that's the end of that sentence. Okay. Yep. Uh, I thought we were going to get onto like the lobster crocodile thing. The lobodile. I can't remember what the thing was called, but I think some di like dinosaurs had it. It's where you don't die of old age. Your cells uh, don't deteriorate. Right. This is the thing about how, like how lobsters could live forever. If we look after a lobster and pass it down from generation right. to generation, we would end up with a huge lobster god. Okay. But yeah. Unfortunately, like, they're tasty, so they wouldn't die from old age. It would only be external things, and they would live for so long that right. they only died because they couldn't consume enough calories. Is that why every life form is working towards becoming a crab or a lobster? Lots of them are. Not every life form. It's not carthenization. I think it's lobsterfication. Lobsterfication. Is that that's the step to that's the step before crab? Yeah, because I think lobsters resemble humankind more than crabs. Lobsters go forwards like humans. Crabs go sideways. Crabs go up and down as well. Do they? In the sea. Yes, that's true. I went to the sea. Bloody hell. A couple of weeks ago. How was that? It was really cool. Uh -huh. And I was on low stuff, pier, beach thing, and watching the sea, waiting for a train so I could come home. That's the first draft of that song. Well, I'm sitting on the lowest off dock seaside <laughs> thing, waiting for a train to take me home. <laughs> <laughs> and on the beach, I saw a seagull. Got a car. I thought you can sing it, but okay. No, sing that. Um, and I and this seagull genuinely picks up a crab <laughs> and flies off, lands on a roof next to us, and it's a it's a flat roof, so it's got like a lip. So you just see this crab get taken by a seagull, and then yeah. you just hear these crunching noises, <laughs> and like, oh no, Whoa, that's brutal. That's not a quick, dignified end for the crab. Because crabs are famously dignified. Um, question. Crabby patties, right? They're mm -hmm. they're they're, ha they're hamburgers, or are they supposed to be made of crab? Because they, mu they must be hamburgers, because Mr. Krabs is a crab. He, that's true. So, but here's the thing: hamburgers aren't made of ham; they're beef. Yes, beef hamburger, ham beef burger. Yes. So, like, similarly, is that why they're called crabby patties? Because they're not actually made of crab; they're just made of beef, sea beef. Sea beef. Yeah, I think mm. so. The sea cow. I'm on a sea beef diet. I see beef and I cry. <laughs> it's not a good diet. <laughs> I can cover myself in salty tears. That's how I've been keeping cool. That's how you cure yourself. Folks, it's an okay temperature in here today. This is the first... Uh, I mean, it's still like comparatively quite warm, but I think this is the first uh, podcast in a while where we're not going to complain about the heat. It's so comfortable. You're welcome. It is comfortable. We've only got one window slightly open and we've been able to turn the fan off. Yeah. Fanoff. He he tried to kill all the Marvel. He's got like a yeah. He's just a slightly campy version of Thanos. Oh, I'll Thanos. snap you. <laughs> snap, snap, snap. Oop, oop, thee. Fanoff of the void half of the universe. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's not let's not do that. I think we opened a door and we both looked in and were like, I don't like the look of ourselves in here. I'm not sure what I'm seeing. I've just got Thanos crossed with... Is it Mike Tyson who bit his tongue off? Yes. Or Navy bit his tongue off? He, I, he, he was fighting and bit... He bit someone's ear off and will sue people for saying that, but he does. He did. 
but he also just has a lisp. I don't know if it's because there's still a bit of ear in his face. And I think it, um, people were fight. He was fighting someone, and they punched him, and his tongue was in the way, so he right. like bit through it. That makes sense. So he. I've been my phone. That's yeah. unfortunate. Um, shall we just yeah, let's dive in. That that was a good intro. Uh, is it podcast? Podcast. Podcast. Pull a question out the hat and then say what it says. That's the whole point of this podcast. I'm going to pull a question out the hat this time. You can't bloody stop me. I'm not going to stop here. I'm Thank going to you. encourage you. Oh. Go. Thank you so much. I will. Shockingly, it's another film question, Ben. Oh no. Favourite obscure movie? How are we defining obscure? Like one that's not been particularly heard of? Sure. Like, are there any movies that you love that no one else seems to know about? When I was a kid, I one of my favourite movies was the original uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I don't really remember it. There was a... Was it Ben Stiller? Did a, a version... I was going to say, did version? Steve Carell do one... More recently, it was like quite recently. Let's give that a Google. Um, when I when I was a kid, there was this actor that for some reason I really liked, um, Danny Kay, who uh, I, I guess would have been like really really big in like the forties, fifties, sixties, the past. Mm-hmm. He was big so long ago that my grandparents he would have been like, um, uh, who's a famous actor now. <laughs> uh, um, Literally any actor. Woody Harrelson. Sure. Danny Kaye would have been like Woody Harrelson. I mean, he was he was like a big actor when my pe- when my grandparents were like of the age that they were going to films and stuff. Okay. Um so like th- when cuz I was sick a lot as a kid, I'd spend like a fair few days a week at my grandparents like being ill or pretending to be ill. Sure. Um it s- happens. It happens. Um so I I like didn't they didn't really have any contemporary media for me to watch, but they did have a lot of old Danny Kay VHSs. Okay. Yeah, one of the films was the The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, played by Danny Kay, and it's based. I can't even really remember it. I think it's basically about a guy who like spends so long daydreaming that his his real life sort of falls apart a little bit, and it's about him trying to like get his shit together whilst still daydreaming a whole bunch. I think that's the gist of the film. And I think the newer version is like, you know, kind of... Yeah, it is Ben Stiller. Um, screenplay by Steve Conrad. Ben Stiller, Kirsten Wig, Based on The Secret Life of, Life of Walter Mitty by James Thurber. Oh, okay, right. So that there's... It's a short story by a guy called James Thurber. Okay. In 1939, it was made into a film in 1947 with Danny Kaye. Um, who's a uh, old guy. <laughs> he was an old guy. Old guy. Who, like, I don't want to delve too deeply into this Wikipedia, but, like, he, I, I'm pretty sure he would have done some problematic shit, because, of course, he did. He was alive in the 40s. He did loads <laughs> of shit. Basically, just being alive in the 40s was problematic. Uh, well, certainly, depending so on where you were born. by today's well. standards. Yeah, all these snowflakes and their... Forgetting that there was a world war, yeah, he was he he was a guy. So like, um, <laughs> maybe like if if I were to like deliberately try to find a film that I'm pretty sure no one had seen, I'd be like, oh, the original Secret Life of Walter Mitty would be a power move. Not that I can really remember what happens in it. Ben, what about you? See, now I'm trying to think like like the ones that I thought of as obscure. I've tried to like introduce. 
people too. Yes. So I'm not sure if they're still obscure anymore or if I've just shown it to all of my friends. Like, um, I really liked the film The Orphan. Oh, yeah. It's the horror movie. Uh-huh. The, at least to anyone that at the time when it was coming out, do no one knew about. And yeah. And I... I <clears throat> like, it was a lot of fun. It had a really good twist that you can't discuss. Yeah. So maybe that's why it felt more felt obscure because you couldn't really talk about a film with a big twist in it without sort of ruining it. Yes. Sort of like yeah, when yeah. Bird Box came out and everyone was like, have you seen Bird Box? Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool, isn't it? Good talk. <laughs> we can't say anything else. Yeah. In case there's people who've not seen it. Mm, there's a couple of kids' films. Uh-huh. Like a lot of Don Bluth stuff. Don Bluth. He did... Um, Anastasia, uh, American Tale, Five All Goes West. Right, yes. Yeah, Five All Goes West seemed to be where the little, I think, supposed to be Jewish mouse is fleeing to America to escape... Mouse persecution. I think, or maybe he's leaving Russia. It's there, been a long, a it's been of, a long yeah. old time. Um, but yeah, running away from the cats to go to America where... There are no cats, famously. No cats, basically. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was a great. That was a some indigenous horses. Are there any other kind? Mm, wait, no. The, sorry, the Spanish brought horses to America. There weren't horses in America. Did you know that? There were camels. Really? Or maybe Australia. Are you thinking of cigarettes? Possibly. Cigarettes. Thinking of camel lights again, aren't you? Oh no. Nom nom nom. You know, more doctors smoke camel lights than any other cigarette. I can believe that. That was something that they, the camel used to put out as part of that yeah. advert campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they had to take all the advert campaigns down to stop people from smoking. But all the ad campaigns went, hey, we were just cancelling each other out with all the money we were spending on advertisement. Now we don't have to spend that money and exactly the same, and nothing else has changed. Thanks, yeah. smoking ban. That's why, like, you don't really need to advertise something that's really addictive. That's why, like, heroin's so popular. Yeah, you never see an advert for Skag, do you? God, imagine if you did. That'd be that'd be very low-key. Once key. you pop, you just can't, anyway. <laughs> be very low-key advert. Be very relaxed. Um, I think, like, the the film that I tend to be to recommend to people the most is probably, and we have spoken about this before, so I won't go into it, but it's the anime of soul music. Because a lot of people I know are into Discworld, but not a lot of people know about the... Um, the MS-DOS Rincewind games and not a lot of people know about the the animes mm. for the Discworld films and soul music was the thing that I saw as a kid that made me want to do music Ben's pointing at it because he has it on his shelf I, I have all of the Terry Pratchett yes you do so DVDs. I think a, a lot of people I am friendly with are aware, are aware and have read Discworld novels of those people very few know of the existence of soul music so that's an obscure thing within an obscure um, fandom franchise IP mm -hmm. whatever that people don't seem to know about so that's the thing that I find myself recommending probably the most because I have as as um, demonstrated by the amount of times it's come up on this podcast yeah I'm trying to avoid things like I would say Four Lions oh Four Lions is great man because it's so good I mean so it was funny. a channel for I, don't, I think I'm not sure if it went to the cinema again maybe it's not obscure maybe I just didn't meet many people who had seen it but it's Chris Morris yeah not uh, Charlie Brooker, as I think I, I once forget. mistakenly said. Yeah, no, it is Chris Morris, isn't it? 
for air quotes terrorists it's, that are just the worst. It's for like disenfranchised Muslim dudes who who are are trying to be terrorists. On paper, that reads like the first draft of many Chris Morris projects, <laughs> and to which you respond <laughs> by which I mean your response is. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not, Chris Morris. But it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. And it's really good. It's it's one of yeah, it's incredibly funny. Um Chris Morris is really good at like finding the line of like what is acceptable. I say finding the line of what is acceptable. I saw the um I saw the Brass Eye movie, which is is occasionally um it's available only for like discrete screenings like around around the UK like the director who isn't Chris Morris well, takes it on tour basically so if you get a chance to go see the Brass Eye movie do it and like as demonstrated in the Brass Eye movie there's a lot of stuff that Chris Morris tried that is just not acceptable yeah <laughs> yeah and he's only like available in the film to watch because like a lot of the people involved are dead now so um yeah, yeah. It, it, it sort of rides the line because it's not taking the piss out of it's not making light of terrorism or or, take Islam. or or any religious or anything like that. No. It's just look at these four idiots. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, it's pointing at them more. And then... It's about their characters and them being dipshits. Yeah. And isn't it so weird how, like, the weird thing about comedy is you end up rooting for the characters because of, like... Elements of them that are relatable. Oh so yeah, you care about the characters, you're, and you're almost you're really hoping that they pull off a terrorist atrocity by the end of it, which isn't the thing that you would think. That, no, 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 because you don't want them to. Well, you don't want them to succeed, in... you don't want them to kill people, but you don't want them to fail. You kind of want them to do like the least amount of damage, whilst technically also successfully being successful terrorists. So imagine like utilitarian. Walter, White, Walter White from Breaking Bad yeah. crossed with Mr. Bean. Yeah, kind of. You want to see Mr. Bean do stupid stuff, but you need Walter to get caught, but also not. I want to see Mr. Bean enforce Sharia law, and I think it's for the best if we end that there and then pull another question out. Yeah, I've got questions that... Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck you, Rowan Atkinson, and your war against wokeness. Go make more B-movies. Did you see all of that? <laughs> Fucking funny. Um, no, I've, I've seen a little bit of Man vs. B. Yeah. But he, in, in order to promote Man vs. B, he, he did this whole big like press interview spiel about, like, oh, snowflakes, oh, wokeness, oh, cancel culture. And, like, mate, you're promoting a movie where you fight a bee. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're not tackling any big questions here. Just go, go do your stupid little face. Go, go make your silly movie, Johnny English 3. He's retired and he's trying to fight bees now. Is Johnny whatever. English 3 a thing yet? No, I'm saying that Johnny English 3 is man versus bee. Oh, Rhymes okay. and therefore it's true. I just get annoyed when people are like, me, cancel culture. It's like, you are not pushing the envelope on what is acceptable comedy. Like, I would encourage you to push the envelope on what is successful comedy because you've got the platform to do that, Rowan Atkinson. But you're not. I like that we've essentially got more Mr. Bean. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. But as I said, I still haven't seen it. No, I'm not going to see it. It looks dumb as fuck. I mean, yeah, it's Mr. B. Yeah. Conversation. This is interesting handwriting. Uh-oh. Is it mine? Probably. Because uh. I'm going to assume that this is who taught the first teacher. What and does not, it look like it says? And not who fought 
the first teacher? Now, those are both good questions. Yeah, those are both good questions. Um, I would say who taught, probably the parents, and uh, who what? fought, probably other people's parents. The parents taught the first teacher? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, how? Like where did the chicken come from? The chicken comes from the egg, but the egg didn't... But the egg had to contain the chicken to begin with. Yes. I, I, I think the... So the teacher has to have learned a lot before it becomes a teacher and for that to have happened it must have been taught by someone who was teaching who would then have been a teacher or the first teacher became a teacher by just getting little bits of information from lots of different people I yeah who shared opposed to enforced knowledge I suppose the yeah the gist of the question is if if teaching is a profession how, how did someone train the first teacher if they themselves weren't trained in that fashion but I don't think that's how pedagogy works. What's pedagogy? What? Uh, the craft of teaching. Yeah. Pedagogy. I know that we going back to Discworld. Let's surprise, do surprise. Let's do it. Um, in the Tiffany Aching book, they have wandering teachers. Oh yeah. So uh, they'll sort of like bowl up to town with their little tents and charge yes. like an egg for geography. That's fun. Yeah, I've not read the Tiffany Aching. Because of reasons that I've stated in other podcasts. Go listen to all the other podcasts. Yeah, go do that. But you should also read the Tiffany Aiken books. Finish this one first, and then have your pudding, and then listen to all the other ones. Yes, please. Mm. They just are people that know stuff that will essentially barter their knowledge for food and stuff. But then they would... That's sort of what I do. They would need to... Then someone would come along and then learn all of the stuff, and then that person would be the teacher. Yes, I yeah I saw yeah I I have I have thoughts and so, feelings so about who, all of this. So who who taught the first teacher? The first teacher themselves, for they taught yeah. themselves how to be teacher. Yeah, I I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding in the way that the question is phrased. Um, well, I didn't write it. No, this might have been one of those Google-generated questions. The very first teacher would have been like in a caveman situation, someone's discovered something. Maybe they've discovered how fire works and they're demonstrating to the rest of their tribe how they made the fire work. And this isn't like teacher in the sense of like a classroom situation. This is just a guy trying to show his mates how he did a thing. So Could that have they... been a lady. No, they no, 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 no. I don't see how that's possible. They're too sensible to they're work with sen- fire. <laughs> yeah, men, if anyone's going to start making random fires, it will have been a man. Yeah. The, these people of, of indeterminate gender, um, or orientation... Hmm, um, what, like, this they big, might have been leaning? This big tribe of gay cavemen <laughs> <laughs> who inexplicably died out. Um, LAUGHTER <laughs> These these gay cavemen were showing each other how to make fire, and he they they would he would they wouldn't have been showing them. Ah, it's hard being oh. woke. <laughs> I love just seeing Liam squirm mm. as he's trying his best. Trying to make a point, but I keep tripping but... over all these genders, <laughs> these pansexual non-binary cave people caught on fire and died because they weren't wearing safety vests. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. Focus. <laughs> I can do it. I am a ma- I am a person, <laughs> and I teach for a living. It's literally my job. It is. Ah. How do you do it? Oh, I don't. 
I spend the entire hour trying to like get the pronouns right because I'm woke. Fuck. <laughs> Good morning, class. I'm Mister. Um, uh, 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 not just... that I. Not that it's important. What I uh, just call me. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, first names is fine. Um, <laughs> Mister Taylor is my mother. Ooh, 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 oh. Take that, snowflakes. I think the first caveman person. Ah, shit, the bed. The first cave person will have discovered something. They sure. will have shared it with their tribe, and it wasn't out of a need to teach. It was out of a need to survive. Right. And I think that's that's how teaching. I think to an extent, like actually, we've lost a little bit of that. We've lost a little bit of the old wage. Of course, we have. That was at least three years ago. Um, Minimum. At least. Uh, one of my favourite things on the internet is like a picture of like several thousand ducks with the caption, oh, that's at least three ducks. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. That, that is true. I think that teaching has evolved to the, to the school situation we have now as essentially a form of daycare. Yeah. If we're really... Kids if we're have to really, be at school all day because parents are at work all and day. And it's legal requirement for them to go do that. And, and we put it under the guise of we're teaching them how to be people. You're not. You're putting all these little criminals in a room so they don't go out and do crimes together. Basically. Because it's daycare and because they haven't been taught empathy. And children are criminals. And then they go out onto the street. Maybe they go to sick home and half of them just go do crimes in the park. Because the thing is, like, we're not actually teaching them empathy. Like, some, basically, you're going to get... Half the kids that go into there are going to come out exactly the same as they went in. Some of the kids are going to learn stuff. Some of the kids are going to become better people. Some of them are even going to know sort of what they want to do down the line. The education system is kind of fucked up, but it's all we got for the moment. So, like, I think in the spirit that the question is asked, I think that teaching as as a profession has just sort of evolved over time. So there wasn't a... If you want to go back to the very first teacher... It will have been cave people doing cave people shit. We'd be better off if we had a slightly more tribal situation where if someone wants to learn how to do something, if someone wants to learn how to be a car mechanic, they go hang out with the car mechanics and they learn how to do car mechanics stuff. That's how they do that. Which is sort of what an apprenticeship is. And they learn the dance degree We're in a weird situation with education now where we've decided that all children should be able to write an essay on Shakespeare in order to go and become a dancer. To an extent, I think you should be exposed to uh, a broad variety of things mm-hmm. and then choose your path. You shouldn't have to study biology as well as maths, as well as drama, if you, only, if you want to go and become a theatre technician. Like, that, that those things are, are, are irrelevant. Replace, like, don't worry about studying all three sciences when actually, as a theatre technician, you probably want physics. Yeah. And, and fuck off the other two. Not important. You maybe want basic maths. Fine. If you want to be a freelancer, you want to learn a bit about economics, a bit about business, all of them things. Fine. As well as the actual craft of the thing you want to do. And I think it is a little bit batshit that, like... Oh, gee, I fucking, I guess I have opinions on all of this. I think the system of GCSEs we have is a little bit messed up for various reasons. I think one of those things is we insist on all children learn all these things and then they choose a handful of things to study at GCSE for two years and then they go off to sixth form to do, ideally, something a little more specific to what they actually want to study down the line or they get an apprenticeship or something and then maybe they go to university or whatever. Choosing specific subjects at GCSE doesn't 
it's made to feel like it's this really important life-defining thing. Yep. And if you study science and you go to an A-level in science, yada, 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 when actually that bears no resemblance on what you might do with your life. You can't pick at 11 what you're no. going to do for the next 40 years of your life. I discovered that I was into music halfway through sixth form. I was still stuck studying photography and classics and history and I couldn't really do anything about studying music. So it was only that, like, after sixth form, I worked for a couple of years, saved up some money, then went to music college. Music college was great because it taught all these different aspects of music. So as well as actual instrumental skills, it taught composition and stagecraft and performance, a little bit of production, music history, music business, music marketing. And that was the point where I realized, okay, I know the industry I want to go into, and I know that these are the specific areas within it that I can do. I think a system like that would be great because you just get a broad curriculum within the specific area that you want to work in. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how you do that. I don't know. Just, like, if it's a system in the UK, I think we just torture it and start again. Yes. Do that with the government. Do that with HMRC. Do that with education. We just start... We fucking fend for ourselves for a bit, I think. I think it's all fucked up. <laughs> I mean, that would work, except that our education system is essentially designed to keep us just dumb enough to not know how to do that. That's why we don't teach empathy. If we were actually trying to... Again, I've said this before, if we were actually trying to, like, make good pe good little people out in the world, teach empathy, because it's really easy. Don't Cause, be a dick. Because th there, there were a couple moments when I when I was working in education that, like, I'm going to... I'll wrap this up, don't worry. There were a couple moments when I was working in education where, like, I heard a kid use, like, a really horrific racial slur or a really horrific homophobic slur. The normal routine for that at the time was, okay, detention, off you go. Fuck off to the to the detention. Child room. prison. But I was like, this kid doesn't know that what they're saying is awful because they're a child. They don't know that when they do something, they has like ripples and effect repercussions. It has a there's cause and effect. And I could get away with this because I'm actually a teacher as, as a member of staff, so I could just pretend, oh, I don't know what the procedure is because I'm not classroom based. Whatever. So sit the kid down. Do you know that what you just said was really messed up? No. Okay. That word you used means this. It's really offensive because of this. When you do that kind of thing, people feel bad. And when you spell it out to a kid like that, they don't realise that when they say things, they make people feel bad sometimes. Yeah, they're just saying things. Yeah, they're just saying words because they saw, they saw someone say it on Halo or whatever it is the kids play these days. Apex Legends. I don't care. They play too much Warcraft. League of Fortnite. League of Fortnite. And once you spell it out that, like, if you make people feel bad, they will feel bad. Remember the last time you felt bad? Yeah. Was it because of something someone said? Yeah. That's the thing that you just did to someone else. Don't, oh. Don't do that thing. I feel bad that I made them feel bad. Yeah, that's the correct way to feel. Well done. Now fuck off and apologize. Mm -hmm. And it's real easy. <laughs> it's so easy. You just got to sit them down like, don't use that word. Dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was 10 minutes of... Liam pretending he knows what he's talking about when it comes to education. I don't work in education anymore because it's all fucked. Because he didn't learn how to do it. I kept telling these kids to not use specific words. <laughs> he kept using racial slurs against the kids. <laughs> Come here, you dumb... child. <laughs> we need to come up with a title. The podcast. Um, um, child slurs. 
Mm, nope. Um, no. Wait, what, what did we talk about before Talks you went? about obscure movies, and then like I went on a tirade about cavemen, cave people. Um, we could call it cave pronouns. I wanted cave people tirade, just because I don't know how to spell it. Oh, you give the dyslexic person. Yep. Cave people tirade, done. Ben, where are you online? I'm on the Instagram, at Spike Pearson, P-I-E-R-S-O-N. I realised that I don't really like social media, <clears throat> so I'm not going to tell you that I'll put lots of stuff up, because I won't. But the <laughs> yeah. stuff I do put up, it'll be from me. There's a fly in my room. There's a fly in my room, and his name is Bentley. Hello, Bentley. Bentley the fly. Liam, where are you online? I am at LT Guitarist. I I'm sort of don't mind social media. I spend most of my time on Twitter. Uh, I also paste stuff on Instagram. Uh, that's what it's for. Uh, at Convo Hat Podcast. I was looking at my notes whilst trying to discern information from the words. That's what it's Bless for. Bless Being dyslexic. At Convo Hat Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for podcast-related activities. Uh, we post little clips from the shows, and we also post things about being in uh, the broadly speaking comedy industry. Yes. Broadly speaking. Broadly speaking comedy industry. Patreon.com forward slash conversation hat if you want to support this show, if you want to help develop the show uh, in a way where you give us money. Ah, uh, it's like I've written a script for this. <laughs> and it hasn't just been covered in crossings out and alterations over the years. Thanks to our Patreon supporters who've redacted. Redacted, redacted. What does that mean? Redacted, crossed out. Oh. Patrons get redacted, redacted, an exclusive single question mini episode redacted every month. There's a, just drawn a little penis in the corner there. Yeah, redacted penis. Ben, emergency question. Mm. What is the deal with airline food? Uh, chicken or fish normally. You no. can have the Soylent Green or the Vegan Paste. Bentley's back! Ah. Oh. Bye everybody. Buzz. Let's fade out on the train sounds. <laughs> Help! The train <laughs> ran over my foot. Ow! <laughs> Fucking ow! Ah, <laughs> oh, toes everywhere. <laughs> ah! Oh, and, and I spilled my coffee on my wound. Ow. <laughs> Ow. My really wound. Ah, I'm trying to scoop it back into the cup. Now my cup's full of mud and blood and bits of toe. Ow. Piss off, Bentley. <laughs> Bentley's gone. He's through the window. Yeah. End the podcast. Go.